0: All right, Greg, Cormier is here today. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. What's new? What's happening? We just had this conversation. Let's have it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no>, I'm <it's> keeping <laughs> busy. A lot going on. Good good stuff.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, we went to college together, uh, sport, and leisure, sport and Leisure Kinesiology Program, Yeah. years ago. Um, it was a great time. We learned a lot of fun stuff together
1: in the gym. Yeah, hundred um, percent.
0: And um, and now you're you're coaching. Um, you're doing a lot of good things. And um, yeah, I kind of reached out. You share um, a little bit about your story and kind of uh, what led you down the path that you're on now. And um, I, I kind of I reached out and um, you agreed to share some of your story. And I just uh, appreciate that, man. So thanks for coming on.
1: No problem, man. Thank you for having me on. I guess I can jump into it, I guess. For yeah, reason. for sure, man. Awesome. So uh, I'm, like you said, I'm a coach. So I do like behavior change, transformation coaching. I primarily work with women and particularly like busy moms. That's kind of my, my niche and who I work with. And there's a, a, a reason for that. I think it's a reason like a lot of people don't expect. They probably think like when you work with, mom's probably like, okay, I had a great relationship with mom and like, he probably saw her struggling and that's why he wants to help other ones. And it's like part of that's true, but it's also like on the other side of it. So I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, so I grew up the oldest of eight siblings with my mom and my dad has two siblings as well. So I guess I'm the oldest of 10. And so I grew up with a single mom on assistance. We're always pretty didn't really have a lot but we always just had like enough but in that time there was like so many of us that we were all just like running all over the place and she was like definitely overwhelmed and part of it was like it's hard to get what you need when there's so many people around you needing something else as well right so I ended up that uh we ended up actually not having a good relationship and I ended up moving out when I was like 12 or 13 just next door so thank god for my grandparents like my grandmother and my grandfather kind of raised me for the most part but um because of a a lot of reasons when I was like a teenager there was just felt like there was like something missing or I wasn't getting and ended up falling into uh drinking quite a bit and just hanging out with a lot of friends because it felt like at that time, friends were more there for me than family. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes it's like what you're missing there, you find in your friends. And sometimes those friends don't always have the best hobbies and uh, yeah. aren't yeah. into the best activities. But you just.
0: It's still. usually like the. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's usually like that group of kids, right? And like, you know, I found myself there too around that age where they're like, you find like a
1: family and then
0: you kind of just. Um, yeah you know, not doing good things sometimes.
1: 100%. Yeah. And you don't really try to justify too much. You're like, these are the people I'm with. And this is what we're doing. But um, I didn't even realize how much what I did then was because of what happened when I was younger, and how much it affected me till like this year. So um, I have ADHD. So when I was going through college with you and stuff, it was undiagnosed. So I didn't know I had it. But everything was like, harder, there was like, low self-worth always just felt like i didn't fit in like uh it almost felt like like after like the end of two years i ended up having no meaningful connections with anyone outside of college after that like and continuing to talk with anyone but um when i was growing up i was in like drinking and relationships a bunch of times like bad ones and just sticking around way longer than i should have putting up with way more and when I was younger, I remember that that's what was like going on around me all the time. Like my mom was definitely so burnt out with so much going on way in over her head and then fighting with her boyfriends all the time. So that's kind of what I saw. And like, that's how a relationship is. It's just fighting. It's like putting up with stuff. And I, I don't know, because right. I didn't feel like I was getting that. It's like now I realize the reason why I was drinking all the time, why I was putting up with that is just, I just felt like I wasn't enough. And it's almost like a lot of things growing up made me feel that way too, especially with ADHD, you just screw things up and you do things like different. And a lot of people are like, why'd you do it like that? It just makes you feel like you don't know how to do things right. And things take like extra steps anyways. So uh, it was only this year when I got diagnosed or last year when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I could start to think clearly and focus. I'm like, okay. So like, I was bad. I was literally trying to not be like my mom, I guess at the time. I was like, that was the worst thing I could be is like that. Because it's like, don't trust anyone. Feel like no one loves you. No one cares because you're just in a bad mental health place. Like she was in a bad place. So she's not, I don't think she's a bad mom. I think she didn't take the time she needed for her mental health and to get things all figured out and to get where she needs to be. And because of that, it had all these effects. So I don't wanna say it's her fault, but because of the situation that it was, that's how things evolved into that. And I realized at one point I was like 18, had an apartment, drinking all the time, so much partying going on, like waking up being like, what the hell happened last night? Like, I don't even know. And- Right starting to get to that point where you just feel like angry or you don't trust anyone. You feel like no one, um, no one really cares. And it's like, it's like, you could sit there and be angry about I didn't get what I need or like be angry at the people who didn't give it to you, or you can try to change it. Right. And that was kind of like where I realized I could be sit here and be angry all day. that I didn't get that. Or I could try to do something different. I realized I was kind of becoming my mom. And it's almost like the way that she reacted because of her mental health taught me that that's how you're supposed to act. And my mental health was going downhill. And I was like, okay, whoa, I'm recognizing this. And this isn't how I want to be. I don't want to push everyone away like she did, like our fathers and stuff like that, different stepdads and uh, just constant fighting and stepdads that weren't always the nicest. Uh, around a lot and so instead of just constantly drinking because I didn't like my situation I decided like I need to do something different I need to do something about this because just trying to cope with everything which is what most people do isn't actually fixing anything right it's like you you drink because you're not happy with the way things are going you drink because you're not happy with your life you're self-conscious because of how you look but if you don't do anything to change it you can't like trick yourself into liking yourself. Do you know what I mean? So um, I decided like, it's almost like you wake up, like when you're younger, it feels like you're just in or on autopilot kind of. And then one day you wake up and you just have a moment of clarity and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, what (laughs) am I doing? Like,
0: yeah. So yeah. Like, so what was that like? Cause uh, you know, that takes like a little bit of, self-awareness and kind of some, some insight and some, um, you know, some outer perspective on yourself to be, cause oftentimes like, you know, it's very easy to get lost in that, in that life and spend a lifetime in that sort of, uh, that place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It feels like I was in there for years and it was like, there was no chance of coming out of it for a long time. And I think it was, uh, I got out of a relationship at that point. And something was like, okay, this isn't what I want. This is fucked up. This is not the way I want to keep going. I was like, I need to do better. Or the next time I get into a relationship, it's just going to be the same thing. Like I need right. to work on me. Something just snapped. And that's when I started exercising and actually getting into fitness. And I didn't know this at the time, but when you have ADHD and you start working out, it actually helps you maintain focus. And I think that that's what, gave me enough focus when I was undiagnosed to actually figure out what I wanted. That's like, when that clarity kind of came in, that's like, I want to do more. I don't want to just work a normal job. I don't want to just keep drinking every weekend with nothing else to do and nothing against people that do that. Like, that's fine. If you go to work, you take care of your stuff. Like, that's awesome. I like having a beer or two, like having a glass of wine. I love stuff like that, but the point, but I don't like blackout anymore. And I know why I was then. It's just like, reality was shitty. Uh, I lost my train train of focus there. Um, Could you repeat the question?
0: Yeah. I was just saying like that shift and you said like, um, yeah, you broke up with a girl and then you started exercising to help with the ADD. And that was kind of the shift to moving towards better things in your life.
1: Yeah. So, so that focus led me to realize like I wanted to go to college, but here I am in my situation um, I didn't have a lot of opportunities or people that could really help me because except we were pretty poor. Like I didn't have anyone that could be like, here, I'll pay for college and stuff like that or go there. And so I had to pull myself out of this drinking and just doing nothing all the time to, okay, I need to get a job that's like stable. I got to get going. And I started working at Muscles and that was good. And I was making good money. And I was like, you know what, this is awesome. I like the physical work because I was working out. So we like I like throwing hundred-pound socks into a tank in a boat. That was awesome. But I was like, how can I do the things that I actually enjoy like for a living? How do I make this into something else? How do I better myself? And I dropped out of school. I didn't drop out of school. I got taken out of school in like grade 10 and actually homeschooled. So completely that social aspect when you're that teenager it was like pulled away where i'm like okay now i'm home and it was because i uh, actually got caught smoking weed by my mom and she was like freaking out she's like that's a bad place taking you out so then i got homeschooled the last two years and uh so was that
0: experience like did she homeschool
1: you yeah she tried but like i said before and this is nothing on her this isn't her fault there was too much going on and it just couldn't she couldn't give me that attention that I would need or that help that I would needed to actually go through with it. But I ended up my grandmother got me a tutor once a week that I would go to. And I did that for like a year until I was felt like I was ready. And I got my GEDs and then uh, yeah, chill for a while. And then after that I was like, okay, I'm working, I'm figuring out, I'm starting to work out. I'm like, okay, I want better things. I want to, I don't want to sit here and feel this, like, hate. I want to better myself and not just sit here and cope with it. I want to do better so things get better. And so then I applied for college and I was like, at the time I was like, how the hell am I going to pay for this? So like, yeah. I don't know, but I took that first step. It's like, sometimes you don't need to have the whole process planned out. You just need to know like, what's the next step. So I yeah, went yeah. to Career Development Services and talked to them and they helped me try to work out an application. And I think I actually missed the deadline the first time, and I had to wait until the next year, and that was the year that you started as well. So that was the year we started together. And so I filled up the application, I got there, I actually had to get help through skills to apply for it. And in between uh, years of school, when everyone else was out getting their hours that they needed, because we needed a certain amount of uh, on-the-job training, I actually had to go back to work at Muscles and worked all summer to save my money that I needed for the next year of school. So I was just like, this is gonna, most people would look at the amount of work it would take and be like, there's no way, like that, that's not realistic. I was like, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make yeah. it work because like, I can't not. And that's how it is with my clients a lot of times. It's not always that they know where they want to get to, but they know they don't want to stay where they're at yeah. anymore. They're like, I yeah. don't care what I need to do. It's like, I can't stay here. And that's where I was at. So originally when I went in, I thought I was going to be a personal trainer. That was kind of the plan and that evolved as I was going. And then when I got out, I started my business and I had a gym in the basement and I was like, okay, I, I think I worked with 10 clients where I realized this isn't having the impact that I thought I, I wanted it to. So then I started going online. So within a year I was training people online fully. And then I was like, okay, exercise is awesome. Like, this helping a lot of people. Like, trainers and fitness people, they're such a big help to people that help them get that exercise in because they need that. And they need that um, that self-care. But I, I, with me, I was like, there's something missing. So then I went into learning about nutrition. I was like, okay, I got the fitness and nutrition. This must be it. And after that, I was like, no, wait, there's more. <laughs> and I was like, okay, behavior change and all this. And eventually, I just ended up Uh, working with my coach who and just getting mentored under him and he was already doing what I wanted to do and I was like this is what I should have done from the beginning but along that journey because of the ADHD and all these things and because of those experiences while still learning how to really love myself I think that's why I didn't make any connections in college too because I just instinctively felt like I wasn't good enough like no one else would really like me like I appreciated you when I was in there. Cause you got, you were one of the only people that actually is like, you're always up down to partner up in class. I didn't really have like many other people. Like you, can just tell like you were a good person. And uh yeah. So I really appreciate that while it's going. It's like you, Max and Austin, always down to partner up there. So <laughs> <pretty awesome. clears throat> and, yeah. Uh, S- silly squad. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. We're always <laughs> just like messing around, like not too serious. That, yeah. that was, that was good time. And uh, so yeah, you you remember little things like that when you're there, especially whenever. So I was like, I'm not here to make friends in my head, but really it's, it's almost like because of that mental health stuff going on and ADHD and low self-esteem, it's almost like I felt like no one would like me anyway if I tried. So it's yeah. almost like that rejection. You don't want to get wall. that rejection. So you're not even you're putting a try. wall up, putting a wall up to prevent pain
0: exactly it's like they're gonna reject me anyway so like i'm putting a wall up and yep 100
1: percent. putting in my like time it.
0: getting the fuck out of here <laughs> exactly
1: yeah 100%. and that's what i did and uh it, and it it's like okay it worked out well in the long term but it's like it's kind of like we talked about earlier that fear of rejection not putting yourself out there also prevents you from all the good things that could come from putting yourself out there as well right in mm-hmm. like that sense it could have been like uh friendships fun times like laughs and stuff with my clients it's like not putting themselves out there yeah they won't fail again and feel that disappointment but it's also preventing themselves from feeling that success and that confidence and that happiness that comes with doing what you set out to do but so you have to stick your neck out that's like the biggest takeaway I took from that you got to risk it you you got to shoot your shot if you don't you'll you'll regret it for the rest of your life because they say you regret the things you don't do more than the things you do. And I yes. think that's a hundred percent true.
0: Oh yeah, man, for sure. I think there's nothing worse than regretting not doing something like, Oh, if I just, if I just right. did like, you know what I mean? Cause you can always uh, say if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like things, if it doesn't go the way you want right. it and go the way you want then you go to the next thing. Right. But, but not doing it, that's a whole nother layer of, if, if I, if I did that or yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. If like, only.
1: Yeah. It's like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. It's like, you're afraid of failure. So you don't want to try, but you automatically fail because you didn't even give yourself a chance yeah. to do it. So it, yeah. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Didn't even take the free throw, man. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> even take the chance to learn something, right? You don't even get to yeah. learn if you don't try, at least if you try and fail, you usually learn something from it. But you don't even get that opportunity when you don't even try. So that's what's the scariest thing yeah. for some people. No, that's
0: very true too. You win or you learn. Yeah. Right?
1: You win or you learn. There's no losing. Like, how do you fail if you don't give up? It's almost like yeah. people are sort of like, okay, I'm gonna try this once, and if I don't do it right, I suck, and I'm no good. And yeah. And that's yeah. the standard that we hold ourselves to because we think every for some reason we think everyone else gets it right the first time. Yeah, and makes it look easy because that's what they show they don't show all the struggles and all the times that they failed and how many times it didn't work out but they didn't give up
0: yeah right and that's really what it is like it's just it's all about persistence consistency keep going like you'll fail a thousand times and then you'll and then you'll be successful yeah and i think it's like um really highlighted with social media too right we post all the good stuff You go on someone's business page, for example, it's like success. You go on someone's personal page, it's like success. Yeah, you know, and um, quotes, but whatever success is for, like, you know what I mean. But it's all like the cliche stuff. But then, you know, you don't see all the the life,
1: um, you know, the day to day. That's what really life is. Uh, Yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree because no one wants to show (laughs) that struggle. Everyone wants to make it look like they're doing great. They don't want people to know that, like, on. Instagram I'm doing great but this month I almost gave up and couldn't get out of bed one day cuz I just mm-hmm. didn't know why like what the point was and I think mm-hmm. more people need to see that like that's a reality like I think there's still about once a month even today when it's almost 3 years running my business that I'm like what the hell am I doing <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah yeah I don't know that feeling yeah <laughs> yeah and it, and it's like almost <laughs> makes you feel like you want to give up but it's not because you're not Passionate about it, it's always just because you're burnt out and you're not taking that time you need to for self care and for yourself. So, you're almost every time I almost gave up, it was because I was doing too much and not because I didn't enjoy it anymore. It's because something needs to change. And that's sad when too many people do give up because they get that feeling and they think it's just because of what they're doing. They don't recognize Mm -hmm. that it's just because you're not taking the time for yourself. And especially with the clients I work with are women and a lot of times their moms. like self-care and taking that time for themselves is on the bottom of the priority list.
2: Yeah. it's
0: it's, Especially with moms, I imagine it's just always like nurturing, taking care of others first. And then, you know, it's like the classic, uh, in the airplane putting, you got to put your mask on first before you put it over your child.
1: And that's the I, I use that analogy a lot with them. It's like, why do you think they tell you to put on your own oxygen mask first? Because if yeah. you pass out, you can't help anyone. If yeah. you yourself out, no one else is going to be able to get any benefit of that. You're not going to be able to give as much as you want because your cup's empty. It's like you can't pour from an empty cup. You mm-hmm. need to eat and especially when you have a lot of people depending on you and a lot of stuff, it's even more important to take yeah. that time to recharge. Because it's like, if you don't, then a lot of things are going to get left behind, or a lot of things aren't going to get done. Whenever uh, I know I have a big week coming up, it's like, if I don't take the time to get my workouts in, or take some time to relax and just take it easy, it's like, things are going to get missed, people aren't going to get written back, and I'm just going to, like, retreat. And my clients are like, I think one of the reasons why I can help them so much is because I understand kind of where they're coming from in that aspect. Like because I had ADHD, it's everything's overwhelming sometimes. It's like the simplest things. It's like, okay, it's like all you got to do is like eat healthier and exercise. It's like that's like a mountain and you're barely getting through the day because you're not taking the time to recharge yourself. And it's not I don't want to say it's like they're not taking time like they don't want to. It's because they try to do everything else first. And at the end of the day, if they have energy left, they'll do it. But usually at the end of the day you're so burnt out from everything you're just like all i can do is sit on the couch eat these chips and play on my phone and scroll and it's and like i've been there a lot of times too and that's yeah one of the things about it so so like not taking care of your mental health and not taking time for self self self-care will will break you it'll prevent you from reaching any goals you want another big part of it is feeling like you have to do everything right like because When you feel like you're not good enough, you overcompensate by trying to do everything perfectly. And usually what happens is that you criticize everything you do and you don't put anything out because you think it's not good enough. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was to take imperfect action. Yeah. Just do the thing without knowing all the steps. Just get started. Take that first step and it, and you're going to learn. It's like, instead of ready, aim, fire, my coach says, uh, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> if you yeah, let it yeah, shot yeah. off, at least it's going and you can adjust yeah. the trajectory. Yeah. But if you never take the shot. You're not even moving forward.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's so true. And, uh, like you, yes. I, yeah. I love everything you're saying. And I think like, you know, like taking your time for yourself, like you said, um, like you must have uh, went through it with your business and, um, you know, looking back and things you've been through and stuff, but like, I noticed big time with, uh, with, with, with my, like I'm doing the same things, you coaching and business and, uh, like it takes like, and being a coach in general, it takes ruthless Mm self-awareness. And I think that's a big thing for people, um, to understand about themselves. Like, and that's, I mean, that's what I see with people and I'm sure you do too, is like just step number one is just finding like the awareness of like how you're feeling, because it's like you're going through the day like a whirlwind and you're so busy. And it's like, like you said, you get to the end of the day and you're burnt out um, and you just um, do what you can. Yeah. But you don't even have like the like you don't even have the the self-awareness yet to understand like how like when you're getting burnt out or how to like decompress or how to um how to do those things you know it's just you've just been on this track this going yes um on these train tracks for a long time so right
1: yeah and i i like how you said that it's so true it's like we're all naturally set off on like a default path right and many people think that it's like this is just how i am this is just what i'm doing this is where i'm going But I love the train track analogy because it's like you can change the tracks if you recognize it and you make yourself aware of it. And too many people just don't recognize that it's just this is what I'm doing because you can't change something if you don't know that you're doing it in the first place. So a huge part of what I do with my clients is bringing that self-awareness, helping them understand themselves better and what's actually going on so that they can recognize it. And then when you recognize that you can do something about it, you can make it different. You can change the outcome. But as long as you don't know why you're doing this and why you're doing that, it's yeah. going to feel like, how do I stop doing that? It's like the yeah. first step is always recognizing it and having that self-awareness. So the more you understand yourself, the better you're going to be because you're going to get better at recognizing how to make those changes and recognizing what you actually need to do.
2: Yeah.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And then like, like being able to, uh, I just think it's such a important skill. Like being able to understand, like, oh, I'm starting to feel burnt out. Like, oh, I need to, like, I need to go for a walk today, or um, I need to eat healthy, or I need to, like, do some yoga. I need to do something to make me, or I need to do a hobby. I need to do something to make me feel better today because I've, I'm not feeling good, you know. And it's like having like healthy, um, healthy habits, healthy tools to be able to to use and you know, build into your daily practice to be able to uh, like, you know, just be a happy, healthy version of
1: yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, you need those tools. Cause like one part of it is like knowing what you need to do. <clears throat> the other part is like knowing what you need to do to actually do it. Like if, if everyone that wanted to be happy, healthy, just needed information, they could find thousands of hits on Google with one Google <clears throat> search. Like information isn't the problem. We all have these like limiting beliefs and lack of self awareness that hold us back that we don't even know most of the time exist unless you have a certain level of self awareness. It's like, why can't I do this thing? It's Like, okay, Mm because you believe that in the past you failed. So the same thing is going to happen again. You had a bad experience and there's a part of you that wants to protect you from feeling that way. So it tells you just relax just don't do anything don't Mm -hmm. risk it you're just going to fail again and it sounds really critical but it's like that part of you is trying to protect you from something and too often with like i I recognize people are like oh i hate that part of me i hate when i do that but it's like if that part of you is actually a part of you it's like that part wants the best for you but it's just going about it the wrong way Mm -hmm. so instead of just being like get out of here i don't want to look at you. It's like then that part gets upset because it tried. So it's like, maybe it's like, take the time to be like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, why is that part of you trying to tell you to relax? Honestly, mm-hmm. usually it's actually because you need to. You've been going full steam ahead. And that part of you is like, hey, you got to slow down. Like you're going to burn yourself out. And right. like you get upset and you're like, no, I got to finish this. And I got to do this. And I got it. And then beat yourself up when you don't get it done. So it's mm-hmm. like a vicious cycle of like, Being upset with yourself, doing something, getting burnt out, doing the thing you didn't want to do, beating yourself up again, starting all over. Yeah, We need to recognize that pattern. And that's the first step in trying to break it. And it's never that you have to beat yourself up harder, like being critical on yourself never helps. That's what makes you want to give up. Because when you try to make a healthy change, you're hard on yourself. And then you just get discouraged and feel like you can't do it.
0: Yes, 100%. Yeah, and it's always, like, uh, a big part of it, too, is, like, just like you said, like, getting burnt out, so not doing it sustainably, like, trying, like, putting yourself forward, like, like, you're in the bad habit, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing now, but then you just dive right into the deep end with no, uh, with no structure of, like, how do I do this sustainably, and how do I um, do this correctly, and, you know, small steps, small steps are huge, so, like, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, that's the first thing you work with your clients too, but it's like, like build one habit at a time. Like you don't need to eat just spinach. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, you, don't need to work, you don't need to work out seven days a week. Like, yeah. let's just start, you know, let's just start somewhere. Let's get one exactly. workout in before we get a hundred this month, you know, and let's, let's lose one pound before we lose 50. Yeah. You know?
1: So true. It's like that. You need those little steps. You can't go from zero to a hundred. And all or nothing thinking is like one of the biggest things. Like I'd say probably one of the biggest mistakes most people make when they try to make a change is that they try to do everything perfectly and get discouraged when they can't. They feel yeah. like they have to do everything perfectly or it's, there's what, what's the point. And it's yeah. just not true. Actually, that thinking is what prevents you from actually making long-term goals. Cause you feel like what you are doing isn't good enough. And yeah. Uh, if you focus on like 1% wins every week, you'd be 52% better by the end of the year. But no one thinks of it like that. They always want the quick results, the big jump and that leap usually results in you falling on your face because you went too far too fast before you were ready. So you got to take those baby steps and like build the wins. And it's not about doing more. There's certain things that you can do that have uh, better results than these things. So they're called like big rocks versus like the small rocks. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm inherently lazy, but I mean, I would rather do less things that are more powerful than more things that are less powerful. So it's like yes. there's a couple of things you really got to focus on. Like in my client's world, it's like, okay, protein with each meal at tr- weight training, because when you're working with my clients, I don't have to get in detail. Anyway, weight training, protein, like, A lot of time I talk about intermittent fasting and understanding yourself and taking that time for self-care is like the fourth thing. If you do those four things for a year, you would be amazed by what would happen. But too often we feel like, okay, we did this this week. What can we add now? Here's four more things I'm going to do now and add and add and add. And I think an analogy I like to use, like too many trainers and people in general try to put too many rocks in their backpacks while they're climbing up the mountain towards the goal, they think, okay, yeah. the more rocks they put in, the more strength I'll gain. I'll be so strong. it will be awesome. But you've got to put one rock in at a time, get used to carrying that weight. So when you add the next one, you're already used to the ones you're having. So you don't drop all of those rocks. If that yeah. makes sense. That makes anything a lot of sense. Doing, anything you're doing, that's not sustainable. It's like, what's the point? You're just, this is a temporary thing. Yeah, Right.
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like the whole, that's the whole fitness industry. Um, you know, like January to February, the gyms are full and then, um, and then they're not. And that like, yeah, that's, um, that's the biggest problem. I think that's kind of like where personal trainers and coaches usually come in. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. And, and yeah. And I think there's some that are better than others. I think there's some people that get into it with good intentions and just think that it's all about the information. It's like, all right, here's your macros. Here's what you need to know, but people don't eat macros. They eat food and people yeah. don't need criticism. They need support. Mm-hmm. And that's where so many people are afraid to reach out natural. Cause they think this person's going to be like, you got to do a million things. And here's all this when you're going through life with already all these expectations on you and all these things you already have to do. Yeah. It, it has to be like you said, that one step at a time that baby step so you can actually get it incorporated and actually keep doing it and so i lost my train of thought there i, th- I think
0: i think that goes into training too and then like that's how i like to train i'm sure you do too um but you know it's like you're training like the things you're doing in training is for the long term as well it's like you're looking at like longevity over. Um, anything else like maybe like the way you yeah. look or like i i try yeah i mean we could talk about more about the training stuff all day probably but like i try not to focus on like you know like depending on their goals like if they want to look a certain way but it's like um i try to focus on functionality first and long-term health and like the ability to learn um live a healthy life um for their whole life yeah and be physically physically able and mentally able.
1: Yeah, you're on the right track, man. And a lot of my clients I work with are telling me like, they're surprised by how much of what we talk about in our coaching sessions isn't about your workouts or your nutrition. It's about like your mental health and your mindset and like, what's holding you back really? Like, okay, you didn't do like what you wanted to this week. What happened? And it's not like, oh, what happened? Like you're in trouble. It's like, What do you think? And like genuinely being a curious person that wants to help someone and -hmm. then feeling that it's like a mix of like strength and empathy at the Mm -hmm. same time. But the mental health is such a big thing. Like nine times out of 10, it's not that they don't know what they need to eat or that they don't know what exercise to do. They could get that from the internet in a second. Like we said, it's that they don't know why they're not already doing it. They don't know what's actually holding them back. What's this limiting belief or this protection mechanism that's stopping them from doing those things yeah right yeah. and so sometimes it's like the first step is identifying it on making sure that you take your time for your self-care because like i said if you're nine out of ten stressed no one's going to want to make any changes right you mm-hmm. can't do it and mental health it's like burning yourself out it's like not helping anyone when mm-hmm. you think about it the so people around you aren't going to get the best version of you you're not going to get the best version of yourself. You're not going to be able to do the things you want to do and you're and you're going to make yourself feel like can't do anything, but really you're just running on empty and you're not recharging your battery. So yeah. that that's like one of the most important things and and, and yeah, so I would say like the biggest piece that most programs are missing or most people in general are missing from their lives is just understanding mindset and mental health and who you are and like getting that self-awareness to know, hey, I need to go take this break. Like I need yeah. to have this piece of chocolate cake and not yeah. feeling bad about it. Like yeah. it's it's like mental health and self-care isn't optional. it's, yes. it's man, It has to be mandatory because if it's not, there's going to be a big list of things that come before that. And it's going to be so much harder to do those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like almost like uh, I don't know if it's like an old school mindset or if it's just uh, maybe it's the perception of of training and you know maybe we all seen Rocky, but it's like uh. to think like we need to like be super like run in the morning and 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 lift weights and punch the bag and eat nothing but good food and yeah like you know what I mean we're not training for a fight we're training for uh, we're just training for life you know and it's like it's a long haul. It's about longevity. 100%. And
1: I, I think another thing that plays on people's mental health a lot when you said that is like comparing yourself to other people.
2: Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Like yeah. You're looking at, oh my God, look what they're accomplishing and look at what they're doing. And we're the same age and like, I'm not doing enough. Comparing, <laughs> like say, like comparison is the thief of confidence. And Nothing will make you feel worse than looking at someone else who's doing better than you and telling yourself, I should be there. When in reality, like no two people have the exact same experiences, situations, starting points, or like goals, honestly. Yeah. Like they've been, they maybe they were doing that for two years before you even started, but you're just looking at what they're doing now and what you're doing now and feeling like shit because you're not there. Do you know what I mean?
0: There's also like, I thought about this one a lot. Like, there's also like, uh like everybody's on their own path. Like you can't compare Like, and it's so common and like, everybody does it. It's like subconscious, I think like, mm-hmm. but there's also like part of it where it's like, if you're to compare yourself to another person, it's like, you're not even comparing yourself. Like you're not even going to do what they do. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're going to do. And mm-hmm. it's not going to be what they're doing. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, if you really apply yourself and not even think about what, what anybody else is doing, like, that's where your landing point is going to be, or your path is going to be, and it's going to be yeah. nothing like anybody else's path, the same way as theirs is nothing like anybody else's path. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like understanding that you're going to have your own path and it doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing because you're not them. They're not you. Exactly.
1: Yeah, too many people try to be like try to be like someone else they think that like they want to be like. And what happens yeah. is that a lot of people struggle with like imposter syndrome, like I did when I was starting my business. It's like who am I to be doing this? Or you're like trying to copy someone else. But yeah. it's like in reality it's like they're you're never going to be as good as them because they're the best at being them. Right? Yeah, they're exactly. They're so you have to be the best at being you. Yeah. Because like if you look at it like Things that there's not a lot of are rare, right? Yeah. There's only one of each of us. We are the most rare thing we can have. We are unique. We shouldn't waste our lives trying to be something that we're not. Otherwise, yeah. we're just going to constantly feel like, why aren't we good enough? It's like, because you're not trying to be what you're supposed to be. It's to be like the
0: enough. Dr. Seuss quote no one's newer than you.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. Like, that's yeah. in psychology books and stuff. Like, so yeah. true. No yeah. one's newer than you like yeah. and yeah so like mental health plays plays such a big part i think in so many people's lives and doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish like have not taking care of your mental health burning yourself out comparing yourself to others like expecting perfection is like a huge one it's like it's like don't do that to yourself it's like life's already hard enough with enough people criticizing themselves it's like or criticizing you maybe on the outside like don't criticize yourself as well that's not what you need how do you feel when you criticize yourself for not doing something right is it helpful Mm -hmm. probably not no
0: yeah and it comes down to like uh i think it comes down to like really you know like how do you feel and it's like and i think there's always like a deep-seated fear of uh like maybe rejection in there that
2: Hmm.
0: I'm going to lose something if I do this, or I'm going to lose something, I'm going to lose people. But, you know, really when it comes down to is like your connections, like your family and friends that are like, that you love, like the people you love, you know, and odds are like, you know, this is like classic thing, but your mom's still going to love you. Your friends are going to still love you. If even if you failed this little thing, you know, and it's like, once you kind of get over that hurdle of like, like I'm not losing anything. Like you and as you get older too like I'm sure you understand and um, have uh, like you understand like what's actually important and the people in your life that are actually important and like you know things like when you when you see that things don't don't, don't matter to you as much you know it's like it doesn't really matter if I try this and I fail or you know if this isn't perfect like I just the main thing is trying. I'm not going to lose anything and it, and the things that I might lose really aren't that important anyway.
1: Right. 100%. It's like those the people that matter won't mind and the people that mind don't matter. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you got to do it. If someone gets upset at you and like gets pissed off that you tried something or mad at you that you failed, it's like fuck them. Like really it's like they don't matter if they weren't supporting you. And it's not like
0: Oftentimes, it's their data. oftentimes yeah. it's their um, insecurities projecting. They're
1: projecting their insecurities. There's a saying: "It's like hurt people hurt people." Mm-hmm. And and like you can see that in the real world, like those people who just are angry and they're just mean, and it's like they need they need you not to be shitty with them more than probably anyone else, because they're probably harder on themselves than they are on anyone else. And it's so hard to think of it that way. But uh, something I thought of a couple months ago, I put a status up about it. It It's like, if hurt people hurt people, what could healed people do? Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was kind of cool. So, but the only way you heal is like, it's like, not that you're cut or you're broken, but it's like, you got to look within, you got to get that self-awareness and figure out if you don't like something about yourself, like, why is that? If you're not doing something, why is that? And no one asks most people these questions, like, what do you want? Right? Yeah. What's important to you? And then it's like, sometimes for my clients, that's the biggest thing for them. It's like, they're like, whoa, I like understand myself now. It's like what I want. I thought I just wanted this yeah. like nine times out of 10, a client comes to me for weight loss. And usually at some point throughout the 12 weeks, they're like, this was about so much more. And I'm just like, it always yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing how like, uh, yeah, I talked about this a lot on this podcast and um, I'm sure you've seen it too. Like how it, just affects every other, every other facet of their life. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's the same thing, you know, usually that's uh, the weight loss. That's the, the um, one of the most common. And, uh, and then, then once that starts and the whole shift starts with the mindset and the training and the healthy habits and the self-care and the mental health, it's like all of a sudden, like everything else starts changing and it yeah. becomes completely about something else. Like just being um, the best version of yourself, being happy, being, um, yeah, just changing for the better self-growth.
1: A hundred percent. Yep. I say a hundred percent a lot. I had one client there and be like, Hey, don't say a hundred percent. Like that's not realistic." I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's what I gotta 95%. 95%. Yeah. have got to have that little wiggle room in there. No, so, but it's so true. It's like, they, they want the, the weight loss is the surface level thing but the real yeah. reason is like five levels down They there's yeah. called like the five why's to figure out what your why really is you need yeah. to ask yourself why do i want to do this like five times and by the fifth why you'll actually have the real reason so yeah. it's like i want to lose weight It's like really you want to just feel confident you want to not feel like things are holding you back you want to feel yeah. healthy and happy and like you have the energy to go and do what you want to do and yeah. wear the clothes you want to wear and, yeah. and it, it's like you said, it affects every single area of life, people. It's like some people uh, don't like that I focus on weight loss and they don't like the idea of tracking the scale. And to them, it's like, okay, that's like saying someone that wants to work on their budget doesn't want to look at their bank account, right? They yeah. want to improve things, but they don't want to look at it. So some people argue that people get really negative feelings when they look at the scale. And so is the solution to stop looking at the scale? Does that fix anything? Or is it to fix that relationship and understand that that's just a number that's just like yeah. separating the data from the drama. And it's like at the end of the day, after you figure out what you actually want, isn't even the weight loss. It's like how it affects everything else, your confidence, your relationships, your work, when you feel good, you you go out and you try to do more. You have more opportunities, you get more chances and At the end of working with my clients, usually they don't have that same feeling when they look at the number because they've fixed their relationship with it. They have a better relationship with the scale and with food, where if they just tried to avoid it because it didn't make them feel good, it's like it never would have got to that point. It's like
0: sweeping it under the rug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's always one thing I learned the hard way, and this is like the universe, like just trying to be a dick it feels like is that the hard thing that's always scary and that you feel like you could never do or you don't want to do is always the exact thing you need to do to grow yeah it's like oh it's like why shit now i gotta go do it and you're scared and you're like trying to talk yourself out of it but you need to it's like not trying because you're afraid of failing it's like trying is exactly what you need to do but you gotta also give yourself that room to fail and know that failing is just part of the journey it's like you either win or you learn like you said earlier and so uh yeah it's like that's part of it i lost my train of thought i had something really important that i was going to (laughs) say around that um earlier you said something and and it made me think of something else my coach says like are you playing to win or are you playing to not lose we talk yeah, about, like, yeah, yeah. like, like when I say that, what kind of thoughts come to your mind even?
0: Well, that's just, like, if you just relate it to, like, sports, you know, like, and it, the 100% do Jones take such a popular saying, but if you're not even trying to win, if you're just coasting and trying not to lose, yeah. you're probably going to lose. You're not, right. you're not trying to win, right? Yeah, But I just love what you're saying about like uh, like, being scared of failure. And mm-hmm. like if you – like basically success is just failing 100 times and then, and then being successful in 101st,
1: you yeah, know? Exactly. It's like not <laughs> it's giving like, up when you want to. If you don't give up, how do you fail? Because you still have another chance to succeed. Exactly. It's only, it's only when you give up that you really failed because now there's no more shots to take. So as long as you give up, even when you feel yeah. like it's not working and how am I going to do this? One thing that got me through a lot of days that I saw, I didn't make this, someone else did, but it's like, I'll quit tomorrow. If yeah. you feel like there's no way you're going to do it, you're like, oh. it's like, all right, well, I'll finish this day. And if I still feel like it, I'll quit tomorrow. And then when you get up, if your day doesn't go as planned, you say, oh, okay, I'll quit tomorrow because then it feels like you have the option to get out, but you know, okay, I'm going to finish this day. And it's crazy how often the next day comes and you're like, you know what? I can do this. This, That was just a bad day. Mm -hmm. And like, as long as you don't quit that day and throw in the towel and give up and say, I'm never trying again, there's no way you're not going to eventually get there. Yeah. So it's like, We'll come back to the play to win versus playing to not lose it's like playing to win is like are you going to go for it and try to get whatever you want reach your goals are you going to actually try and risk failing or are you going to play to lose aka avoid rejection try to avoid eating carbs because you think that that's the solution instead of doing the actual things that are going to get you where you want to go you've got to be playing to win and playing to win means deciding that you're going to do something and going you can't be like okay i'm going to try and if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to back out. Imagine if Eminem was like, okay, I'm going to try this rapping thing. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go apply for uh, another job and just do that. Yes. Instead if yeah. People don't like me. Right. Yeah. So he was, he was playing to win. And uh, that's just one example. <laughs> just
0: uh, lose yourself. You know, that last battle. Yeah. Just, oh man.
1: Uh, don't know how many times I like had that on just being like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got, got one shot. <laughs> <laughs> this is it and yeah and and yeah it's just like you got it you got to take care of your mental health like no matter what you're doing if you're a busy mom if you're a business owner if you're working a normal job if you're stressing out about things it's like that's a sign that you need to take that time for you but not beat yourself up about it because then it can yeah. the benefit yeah
0: yeah and i think that's yeah that's a really good point and um you know i think that's a like, something people need to be aware of too, is like, like you said, like there will be those days, there will be those days. There will be days where you don't want to do it. Um, you know, and that's like a common misconception of like people that are fit and people that are, uh, or even just successful in anything, any domain, anything, whatever it is yeah. um, that they, like, and then also like you post, they would post or you would see them in, like at the competition, you know, like the best time. So like right. um, there will be the bad days. Like there's going to be a day, no matter what you're doing, where you don't feel like doing the thing. You don't, you're like, um, the self doubt is at an all time high. You don't feel like doing anything. You question what you're doing. You feel like, why would I do this? What gives me the right to do this? Or I don't want to do this. Or like, I just can't do anything today. And it depends what else is going on in your life. But you're always going to have any, I think anybody, everybody's going to have those days, you know, especially if you're trying to do something. But yeah. the key is um, understanding that um, a bad day or a bad two days, a bad two weeks is something terrible happens in your life, a bad two months, a bad year, a bad yeah. five years, a bad 10 years. is never too late. It's like this isn't the whole life and I can make a change. And even if it's 1% today, 1% effort, it's yeah. still progress is progress. Whatever it is, um, you know, whatever action that is, I can take it and I can start to take a step towards where I want to be.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like so true. One of the biggest things I, that I hear when I'm talking to my clients when, it, when they're done working is that the progress, not perfection is what helped them the most. Yeah. Because in the beginning, you feel like you have to aim for perfection. If you just change that to say, I'm going to aim for progress, even if it's 1%, that's realistic that gives you room to mess up right that gives you room to know like you're human it's fine there's going to be a bad day it doesn't have to be perfect it's like did i work out one more time than last week did i drink some water did i get out of bed did i did i put on pants right it's like you just gotta aim for that one percent better and focus on progress and and just you'll eventually get there as long as you don't give up
2: yeah
0: yeah, man, just, uh, I'm a big fan of like five, um, five minute actions
2: mm.
0: or, uh, you know, like one small action a day. So if you take like five minutes or less and just read the first paragraph of that book you want to read or take one action about like, uh, researching like meal plans or meal recipes, or, um, maybe it's that hobby or that business or that, uh, course you want to, or whatever it is, you know? Like taking five minutes, reading a little bit, like just doing the smallest, tiniest little action. Yeah. And then um, that just gets the ball rolling. Right. So true. And if you did that every day for a week, you'd be much farther. Right. And then that's, that's the, that's the common thing. And I've been like, like we were saying earlier, like starting your own business and, um, you know, just, I think there's probably parallels just with life too, but. Like taking on more responsibility, there's, there's like, it comes with a lot of like ruthless self-awareness and Mm -hmm. having the um, mindset that you have to do everything at once. And it goes back to like, um, it's very common in the fitness industry, but like, if you have something, you have to do a task and you just think, oh, I'm going to do that for five hours tomorrow. It's like, well, that's not really realistic. You know, you're going to get burnt out of that. You can't do that every day this week. So maybe let's do like a half hour, 45 minutes of it each day. And then. Um, plan that in you know it's like just being realistic with your time being realistic with what you can do sustainably taking time for all the things you need to do every day having a checklist of all those things
1: Yes, that's that's so true and one of, another big mistake I see a lot of people make when they're trying to do things is just like setting themselves up with unrealistic expectations for what they can get done in like yeah. a certain amount of time and it's almost like shooting yourself in the foot right off the bat because the goal you set for yourself was unrealistic from the start Like, there was no way you could live up to that. But then if you come up a little short, you might have still done really well. But because it wasn't where you set it, which was already too high, you're like, oh, I failed. Like, what's the point? I'm no good. I'm going to give up. So uh, one way you can avoid that is making sure that the goals you do set for yourself are like you said, like, what's that one small thing? It's like taking a turn off a highway to put you on the right road, right? One minute to turn on that right, that little exit. And now all of a sudden you're on the right track.
2: So yeah.
1: the, the power of little actions is real and uh, like habits and little changes like that, it's like they don't just add up, they compound because yeah. you can keep doing them because they're realistic and they, they can build on top of each other and start to make like a snowball effect where yeah. you're just accomplishing more without doing more and more and more all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. How How is a, uh how has this whole transition been on your own mental health? Like, I know you said like going to college and then, so you recently got the diagnosis with, with, uh, ADHD. Yep. Um, so what was that diagnosis like and what were the biggest symptoms for you? What kind of things have you been doing for it?
1: Yeah. So the change from like going to college, starting a business, it's like, every like I said when I was in college when I was undiagnosed it's like everything was so much harder so I was like trying to pay attention to things feeling like stupid almost because I wasn't getting things as fast as other people but it's like we process information differently I would miss things and things just wouldn't fit together it just felt like the pieces weren't all always there and so like when I started college like you saw me I had like a faux hawk I was at that time I was like sleeping on my sister's couch somewhere thank god for my fiance came around found me saw my potential and was like okay there's something under all this stuff and uh, <laughs> she helped me get through it so a, a lot of the times it was tough like from a mental health perspective to get up to a point where I didn't really have that supportive environment pushing me to go out and do these things I had to get myself up out of bed i was driving like my first car is like 500 black impala i don't even think it was oh yeah for the last couple months i was going just like getting there and like i was like scrounging for coffee change in my car some days trying to get something for lunch i remember one time just my friend left his wallet in there i didn't know and then when i was looking for coffee change i saw it and i was like no because i'm like such a moral person like i couldn't spend that but i remember being like hungry and i was like okay i'll pay it back and then i did that and i paid him back and then so trying to go between adhd making everything harder i also didn't have glasses at the time couldn't see the board feeling like like no one no one wanted to talk to me or no one liked me and it was just really me and my mental health being bad the fact that i got through it is pretty amazing and so big shout out to my fiance april she helped me study kind of kept me motivated kept me going but um everything was harder just to sit down and focus. Like you can't, you feel like you can't focus on something for more than like five minutes. And one small thing comes up. It's like, Hey, look, a squirrel, like you yeah. get distracted yeah. and yeah. go off. And with, I found out, um, apparently she knew I had it for a lot long, longer than I thought. She's the one that actually encouraged me to go get tested because she was seeing me starting things and not finishing it. Like low self-confidence is another part because you don't do things all the way so people think people talk to you like why'd you do it that way what why didn't you finish that like it's hard to get things done sometimes so it it affects your confidence and and it has an effect on your mental health for sure so like she was seeing me not getting things done I was running my business on my own with ADHD everything was tough I'm like what's wrong with me I'm working till 10 I'm like okay I just thought I was stupid And I'm like, okay, I just got to work harder than if I'm dumb to get all that stuff up. But I I, I wasn't. I actually, whenever I got it, it was like I was driving a Ferrari the whole time, but I was in the fog. And I I had all this power behind there, but I couldn't open it up and let it go because in the fog, you can't see five feet in front of you and you don't want to hit a mountain. Whenever I finally got diagnosed with it and found the right prescription, and it felt like that fog was lifted up. And everything just made so much more sense and I was like oh my god this is what normal people think like like they can just watch things and it makes sense and then I know it it's like what so the fact that I got uh, where I got up until that point was kind of like uh, a miracle without that so now it's like it feels like you feel more normal but that doesn't mean that it's like magic right you still have bad days like I get overwhelmed with stuff sometimes um, but it really is night and day. And going into it, I was against medication because I was like, okay, it you into a zombie or something and heard all this stuff. But I would hundred percent recommend someone who thinks that they have ADHD to go get tested if they think they do, because it honestly changed my life. It let It allowed me to focus enough to realize things and things just made more sense. And the pieces kind of fell together. And that's where I realized how I acted when I was younger and drinking all the time had to do with my upbringing. And uh, I remember when I first shared my story, I I had this fear that because I worked with moms, people expected me to have a good relationship with mine. And I remember when I first posted about the truth, it was after I got diagnosed and I posted a write-up and explained Like, this is why I do it. It's probably not what you think. And as soon as I hit that post button, I felt these strong emotions. Like I got emotional. I was like, "What the, like, it's out there now. And I was waiting for everyone to come back at me and being like, what the hell? And say all these negative things about it, but they didn't. It was Mm -hmm. actually the opposite and people actually understood. And it's kind of like one of those things where we talked about, if you don't put it out there, if you don't be yourself and let people see the real you, how do they learn to appreciate the real you and like you? If you're yeah. not the real you, it's like they, they only like the person you're pretending to be and you feel, and if you don't put yourself out there because you're worried about rejection, how can you get the support? Cause when I was reading their comments after I posted it, I was fucking use my language. I was uh, pretty, emotional Oh, listen, don't worry. Reading those comments as well this and podcast I rated that I r yeah there we go i should have been cursing more don't <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> think we're gonna up the curse yeah. i'm kidding yeah <laughs> much, yeah just add a couple beeps in there along the way something <laughs> um yeah but uh the, it so there was a lot of times where it just felt like I can see the connection now between letting my mental health go downhill and feeling like giving up. And I'm like, yeah. that, that almost stopped me from doing what I love and what I'm meant to do, because I didn't take that time for myself. And there's so many people that I helped that I couldn't have. If I let that stop me, that fear of failure, that, that fear of, not being good enough, I, if I didn't take that imperfect action and just say, I'm gonna go and do my best and learn from it, there's so many things that would be different. And honestly, I can tell now I know I would regret it for the rest of my life if I yeah. let that stop me. So if you're listening out there and you're not taking time for yourself and you're letting your mental health go downhill and you're getting overwhelmed, take some time for yourself. It's not selfish, it's not greedy. It's necessary and you shouldn't feel bad about doing it. Like you're human. You don't need a reason to go take some time for yourself. Yes. And it's different that, for everyone how that is.
0: That's great advice, man. And I, I love what you said about like, um, like if you didn't make that choice, like the impact on how many lives that you've mm-hmm. impacted with what you're doing and like that like, really inspires me to, To do like even this podcast like you know like that's kind of the whole thing behind it was like you know you said when you put your story out there like you were so scared and then um, you know you said you have to show your true self and I think like if I can capture people's true self on here and share it and then um, you know other people see that and they think like oh like that's similar to what I think or me like it inspires them to share their true self. Cause when we share our true selves and so many things come along with that, like all the things that you're doing, all the great things you're doing and all the great things people, other people do too. Like great things come with that when you're, I think when you're your true self and, you know, yes. starting, you know, with the mental health, like we, we kind of have this, uh, there's kind of been this stigma that we all, you don't have it. And you know, we all have this like, we all have this idea in our head, what our life is supposed to be like. And we just, I mean, this whole podcast has been kind of talking about like that, like, like perfectionism or like, it's like, you're on a track and like, it's like, we have these things in our mind, whether it's like social programming or whatever it is, like you go to school, go to the second school, go to the job and then die. And then you have a kid (laughs) and wife and 2.5 kids and like, whatever. Um, But life is so much more than that. And it's so much more, there's so much more, uh, Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for so much more. um, It's so much more beautiful than that. You know, there's so much more nuance to that. There's so much more fruits, fruits to life, you know?
1: Yeah. And even just the simplicity is like, there's so much more. It's like, if you're not happy with what the way things are, it's like, there's so much more out there for you to get. If you just go get it and take that chance and, and, I think something that would help a lot of people is realizing that failure is part of the journey. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you, you lost. It's like, it's good. Go fail as much as you can, as fast as you can, so you can learn the lessons that are gonna make you successful. Yeah. Don't be afraid of messing up. Don't think everyone's yeah. gonna disown you if you try something and it doesn't work out. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I talked too much about kind of my, well, we talked a lot about coaching and stuff, but what I did, so this will be three years in business for me in May. And in that time I've worked with like over 300 women from like all across North America and stuff like that. And at the end of this year, I feel like it's going to be in the thousands because of the way things are going and what's happening. And it's like, if I let that mental health get to me, if I let that fear of failure get to me, if I let imposter syndrome stop me and say, who are you to do this? Or are you good enough? Or you're not good enough. And, and believe that, everything would be so many so different like think of it instead of thinking what's going to go wrong think like what could go right who are you going to help who who needs to see you being your actual true self that's going to make them feel like they can be their true self right because if everyone's just scared to be their true self they're feeling like they're not in a supportive environment that feels like you're constantly like hiding away and for so many people it's so freeing to be able to be yourself and just be have it be accepted like when you're with your best friends and you know you're just like no matter what i say how stupid i sound like these people around me accept me right now and yeah and that's how you recharge you need to be yourself more and know that it's okay and if people don't like you it's like it's not your job to make everyone like you right so like sure. people will like you more because you are your true self yes
0: uh, that's beautiful advice man um Seems like a good place to end it. I just want to say thanks so much for coming on and thanks so much for sharing.
1: No problem. Thank you so much for having me on and thanks for uh, always being up for partner exercise in college. I appreciate it.
0: Woo. Listen, nice. let me know, man. We'll college, go back. College. I'd love yeah. to go back and take some classes. <laughs> just yeah, pop man. in for a
1: class or two. Yeah. Go in <laughs> for a workout sometime. <laughs>
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. So we can, um, if people want to find out more about your services, where can they go?
1: Uh, yeah. So if you want to follow me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Greg Cormier Coaching. And that's probably the best place to reach me. Or you can check out my website, gregcormiercoaching.com. Awesome.
0: Definitely go uh, check this guy out. We're going to, uh, I'm going to send you some salt as well in the mail. Some we salt. got uh, four different kinds of sea salt here. Oh, uh, awesome. cooking salt. Uh, this is from our sponsor, the uh, Prince Edward Island Sea Salt Company. Forty um, percent of all proceeds go to uh, mental health programming on PEI.
2: Nice.
0: So everybody, definitely go uh, check them out. Awesome. And uh, I just want to say thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. And I, um, yeah, thanks for sharing your story and sharing sharing your knowledge. And you're doing great things.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And same to you. You're doing good things. Keep up the great work. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, buddy. Have a good
1: one.